Hello and welcome to the first ever Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am today's host, Stuart Butler. You can find me on the web on Twitter at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T-B-U-T-L-E-R. And I'm joined today with uh, two of my fellow Fuelogans. Uh, first is Misha Bakikio. Hello, world. <laughs> Where can they find you on the web? You can find me at Marketing Misha, M-E-I-S-H-A. Misha has probably the hardest name to spell in the entire company. All right, Pete. Hi, I'm Pete DeMeo. You can find me at Pete DeMeo on Twitter. Yours is slightly less difficult to spell, but still DeMeo gives some people some... I should do that. Yeah. It's a P-E-T-E DeMeo. Last name is D-I-M-A-I-O. Okay, great. And this is the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. So each week we are going to talk about uh, topics related to hotel marketing. Uh, We'll put our own little twist on it. You'll find that there's some entertainment, some knowledge. Um, This is the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. I think the points do matter in this case. Okay, so not everything's made up. Some of it's made up. And the points we make sometimes matter. Like better? 20%. So we're better than whose line is it anyway? Is that what you're telling? 20% at least. Yeah. Okay. So the topic today is going to be OTAs. What is an OTA? Does anyone know? I know. Okay. OTA is an online travel agent. Great. And what is an online travel agent? It's a great question to do it. <laughs> you know, online travel agent is... In some cases, the bane of a hotel's existence, but it's also the thing that fuels the bottom line for a lot of hotels. They take the rate of the hotel and they push it out to a broader audience. It's good, but it's also bad, and we're going to talk about both of those. Okay, great. So, you know, good example of an OTA is Expedia, um, Travelocity, folks like that. There's been a lot of consolidation in that industry over the last 12 months. But more importantly, in the topic we want to talk about today is there has been a trend where hotels are pushing back against the OTAs. And, you know, we see a lot of hotels in the the industry that we're in, and some of our clients are relying on the OTAs either not at all or 6, 7, 10% of their revenue is coming from OTAs. But we come across hotels that are 60, 70% plus are relying on OTAs, which is obviously not good because... As you guys know, the OTAs take a percentage of the revenue. So in some cases, 15, 20% of the revenue booked is going straight to the OTA and not to the hotel. So obviously eats into your margins and creates some problems with uh, profitability. So where do we want to begin, guys? We want to talk a little bit about what some of these hotels are doing to uh, combat their reliance on the OTA, some of the big flags like Marriott and Hilton have made a big splash in recent months. Um, Misha, you want to chat about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the two big flags that we've seen that are really, you know, making a big impact in this industry are Marriott and Hilton. They've both within the past couple years, but they've really ramped it up recently, have two really strong campaigns that they've been pushing out that are pretty much firing shots at OTAs. The first one is Marriott, and they have a campaign called It Pays to Book Direct, where they're kind of taking a funny spin on it, but um, they have a whole YouTube campaign, they have social campaigns, they have TV campaigns um, that are entertaining, but also really pushing people to book direct. It's not, you know, they're not being coy about it by any means. And Hilton recently launched a campaign called Stop Clicking Around, which is, you know, a little bit more focused on the behavior of 
comparing prices, going to multiple websites to, you know, get the best deal. Their whole spiel is stop clicking around. You can get the best deal with us. And it's been interesting too. I saw an article in Skiff today where they talked about the Hilton CEO was at a global summit in Dallas and he had a you know, a rather interesting opinion on the OTAs. They just launched this campaign. And then at the summit, he talked about how they have a very healthy relationship and they're really good business partners and they work well together. So it was, you know, almost to me like mixed messaging. <laughs> well, he, he's playing to his audience, right? To the consumer, he wants to, to wean them off of OTAs, but to, to that kind of industry audience, he doesn't want them to think that there's, there's animosity there or there's a, a battle going on. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit it on the head there where... The hotels have to be very careful because no doubt a lot of hotel business comes directly from the OTAs. I mean, hotels that are, you know, basically not paying attention or don't have their, their hands on the wheel are seeing 40 plus percent of their traffic come from the OTAs. At least, yeah. So, and I mean, that that's the thing. I think if, you, if you're not savvy as a marketer, it's an easy well to to go to right because you can just i've got empty rooms this weekend i can throw them up on uh expedia and i know they're probably going to sell out but you're not really thinking at long term you know expedia owns that guest i don't own that guest if it's an expedia customer they're probably going to continue to be an expedia customer not my customer so um it it seems easy and and seems to solve a short-term problem but at what long-term expense yeah and that's the tricky tricky question for a revenue manager who's responsible for making sure he does put those heads in beds you don't want to necessarily cut off the otas but you want to find that balance to where you're owning that customer as much as possible yeah for sure and you know i don't want us to to come across the wrong way it's not that that um, OTAs are the evil empire. I think there's a very important role that they play, but you know, it, it is to find new customers in those down moments when you do have occupancy. But you know, what we see is people have a 365 um, day strategy for OTAs, which is the same. Whereas you know, some of the folks we work with, they have a, a more, uh, I, I guess, they uh, they split it. They split the year mm-hmm. into into different sections where they know they're going to fill up regardless of OTAs. And they may not be on the OTAs at that time of year, but then in the off season, the shoulder season, they might. And you know, the big thing and the big battle that that we fought with our clients and and I think the industry is fighting is rate parity. You know, that that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it doesn't matter how great of an OTA campaign you put on, if the customer goes online does some shopping and finds that the ota is five dollars cheaper you will never get that customer yeah it's definitely a challenge so what so what do you think is uh, hilton and marriott are they getting any backlash or, or do you feel like they're making some progress with these campaigns Mish? you know i think they're getting backlash from the otas i mean they're certainly you know stirring up some controversy because on the one hand they're saying we have a strong partnership you know we really appreciate our distribution channels but on the other hand it really seems like they're definitely trying to retrain the consumer. Mm-hmm. You know, people, there's so many sites now where you can compare rates and it's almost like people are trained to do that now. And so they're kind of having to retrain the, the customers that they have. And I think the, the brands, um, 
you know, Marriott and Hilton, I think they'll have some success with that just because they have multiple locations around the world. If they can train their loyal customers, I think they'll have success with that. But, you know, if people like I have friends who book hotels and the first thing they do is go to booking.com or Expedia.com and they're very loyal to that and they would never, in their mind, they would never go directly to a hotel to look at prices. They're just not trained to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone's journey is a little different. And I think us working in the industry obviously are not a good indication of what average consumer does. You know, I tend to use OTAs early in the funnel and find the property and then I'll shop rates on on a meta search and find the lowest rate. I like to book direct whenever the rates are equal, but if I'm gonna save a few bucks, I probably won't book direct, you know, a lot of times. And, and I think savvy consumers are acting more like that. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what the impact the meta searches are having, you know, whether that's a kayak or a Trivago or even, you know, TripAdvisor's in that game now. So um, you got two people double dipping in the hotel's pocket in that regard, because you got the, the, the the hotels, in some cases, are having to pay the the, um, the meta search, but then the they're also paying commission to the OTA, who is then in turn paying to the meta search as well. So it seems like the hotel is losing, and you know they can't reinvest that profit back into the property. So ultimately, the cons- consumer is the one that's losing. So you know, where do we see this kind of battle going between direct bookings, meta searches, and OTAs? You know, I think that's where it really is helpful what Marriott and Hilton are doing by raising awareness of Booking Direct because, you know, the individual flags or individual properties, they don't have the budget to go out on a national scale and, you know, promote the Book Direct message. But by Hilton, Marriott doing that, it gives people the idea. They have to be very careful, especially if you're an independent hotelier, because you have to manage all those channels. You have to make sure your rate is always the lowest. You have to make sure you're there. But most importantly, you have to make sure that you see the OTAs, meta searches, and all your other channels as a lead gen tool. Yes, they may book with you, but your job is to turn that OTA booking into a in-house booking as soon as you possibly can. Yeah, and we'll get to some specific <coughs> tactics to do that later in the show. Um, where where do we see TripAdvisor going? You know, they're play, trying to play both sides of the fence right now. You've got TripConnect which is the, the more like a traditional meta search, but now they're really pushing instant book. And um, it, we're seeing some really good success with the clients that are testing instant book. And instant book is more like an OTA. So Pete, you wanna explain how instant book works, like the model that TripAdvisor's rolled out with that? Yeah, so instant book is really interesting. I think this is where TripAdvisor's really, like, isn't use a saying is you know, they're kind of dancing on a razor. They don't know really which way they're going to fall. The thing with instant, instant book and the way it works is they connect directly to the property's PMS and show rates where the person can book directly on TripAdvisor. The booking eventually goes directly through the hotel property and the hotel gets the name, address, email, and all the other associated information about that customer. So it's more of a direct booking, but... TripAdvisor does take either a 12% commission or a 15% commission, depending on your settings. Okay, and what's the difference there? Really, the difference is impression share. So if you have a 12% commission structure with TripAdvisor, they're going to show you to at least 25% of the customers who view your TripAdvisor profile page. If you do a 15%, you'll be shown at least 15% of the time to everyone who visits that profile page. 
what we found for our customers who have already adopted the Instant Book program is we're seeing 90 plus percent impression share, which is fantastic. We don't expect that to necessarily last long term, but while we have it, we want to make sure we're making the most out of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, I don't imagine that the, the OTAs are going to be too prevalent on this channel because if they're having to pay 12 or 15% to, um, to TripAdvisor and they're only getting 10, 15, 20% from the hotel, then, then financially it doesn't make sense for them. So yeah. is this really TripAdvisor saying, screw you, OTAs, we're, we're going direct and we're going to cut out the middleman and, and we're going to become the middleman? No, I think this is... TripAdvisor saying that on to the hotels, but I think they're trying to be very quiet to the OTAs about that program. And the reason I say that is it's they're kind of cheating on the OTAs. I mean, for so long the OTAs owned that TripAdvisor market. Now you have the individual hoteliers coming in, getting 50% or more of the impressions. And here's the interesting part: we monitor both the bookings on Instant Book and bookings on the regular cost per click program that TripAdvisor offers called TripConnect. TripConnect, thank you. Uh, it's about 50-50. Mm -hmm. So they're seeing a lot of their revenue move from their regular cost per click program mm -hmm. over to Instant Book. That doesn't bode well for the OTAs. Yeah, and, and TripAdvisor has such a phenomenal brand. I mean, we, we see that, you know, we, we published a study recently. Uh, it's a leisure travel study to 2,900 um, U.S. and Canadian um, leisure travelers responded to it and we saw that over 80% of those folks said they will not book without first looking at a review. Mm -hmm. And you know, the number one source for reviews is obviously TripAdvisor. We'll probably cover reviews in, in a lot of detail in a future episode, but um, tri people are going to TripAdvisor already and now they're beginning to book directly mm -hmm. on TripAdvisor, yeah. which, you know, if I was Expedia, that would make me very, very nervous. It really is. I mean, from a from OTA's perspective and from the individual hotelier's perspective, that's the line in the sand. You have to be able to hold and own that TripAdvisor customer mm -hmm. if you want to own them long term. So right. you can get the if you get got them, you can keep them, but you need to get them on TripAdvisor. Right, and I, I think the one chink right now with with TripAdvisor, what they don't offer, which the OTAs really are doing a good job of, is loyalty. You know, a lot yeah. of folks I know that do book on TripAdvisor, mm -hmm. they're, they're using the loyalty programs and earning additional nights and things like that. And I have talked to several people who feel that the OTA mobile apps and mobile experience mm -hmm. is far superior to what is currently offered by hotels. Well, they have a ton of money coming in. I mean, the OTAs are investing a ton of money ton of resources and a ton of research into building that ideal mobile platform. Yeah, it's frictionless. I mean, you look at Expedia's mobile app, they have the SWAT. You can literally, in three or four clicks, have selected a destination, a property, a, an, an actual unit, and you just swipe to the right, and, mm -hmm. and it you've booked. Yeah. Like that, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like not having to enter in all of your information every time, I think, yeah. is key there. Yeah. So, you know, the the... Properties have to step up and invest in this kind of technology that, and, and invest in loyalty programs, which obviously the flags are doing, right? I mean, you look at Marriott and, and um, Hilton and the other guys, Starwood and such, they're all investing heavily in promoting their, 
the loyalty program. Oh, yeah, and especially for direct bookers, they're offering major perks. I mean, hotel Wi-Fi has been a big topic, and they're offering, you know, free or, you know, increased upgraded Wi-Fi to people that book direct. They're offering additional amenities, you know, resort credits, just all these different perks to really help incentivize people to book direct. And on top of a rate, you know, you can have a better rate, rate parity, but, you know, OTAs can't offer some of the things that a properly a property can direct, so... Yeah, I, I stayed in a Marriott in Raleigh recently, and it was really interesting the way they're constantly pushing the free Wi-Fi mm-hmm. for either their rewards members or people who book direct. Mm-hmm. And in every room, it lets you know right away, if you're paying for Wi-Fi, it's because you're not a part of their loyalty program. Yeah, so. yeah, it's smart. And I think that differentiation is, is where even the independents can compete, you know, but they, 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 I don't feel like many independents are doing a good job of communicating the value of Booking Direct. Obviously, a lot of times they can't compete on the loyalty front, but they certainly can differentiate, mm-hmm. right? And I know we, we, we've written a couple of blogs on the Fuel website related to to that. Um, any specific ideas you guys have on ways independents can compete and differentiate themselves from the OTAs? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's price. You have to make sure that you are on it in terms of monitoring the rate that you're sharing with the OTAs and the rate you're sharing with customers. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of rules and you know things you have to abide by, but you can make sure that you're building packages that are compelling and are going to convince the people to book direct. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the big disruptors, <clears throat> I don't know how exactly how long it's been around, but I know last year it made a big splash for Triptease which is a product that's essentially a pop-up on your booking engine that compares prices. So it'll show your price and the OTA prices. And yeah. the whole point of it is to showcase that, you know, by booking direct, you know, if your rates are managed properly, it should be lower than the OTAs mm-hmm. on this pop-up. And that caused, you know, a, a bit of a, a tizzle in the industry because, you know, OTAs were, well, you're supposed to give us the best rate. and Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and when it first launched, there were a couple of legal issues. I think some of the OTAs kind of went after them, but they, they've since taking care of a lot of those those frustrations from the OTAs and the way they pull the rates and things like that. But, you know, Triptease, I think, is one to watch. It's growing phenomenally. We're testing it on a few of our clients now. And, and given that consumer, the, the transparency of rate and stopping them from clicking around and having to work for it, I think making it more frictionless for them is critical. But then from the hotel side, the other thing that Triptease does, which I think is almost, if not more valuable than the transparent rates, is they show the hotel every search that someone made and they'll show where there's rate parity issues. So from a rate manager perspective, they now have a tool that that lets them kind of monitor to make sure it's like a check and balance to make sure that they're not missing some specific date rate region where they yielded the rates up on their PMS, but somehow it didn't propagate to the OTAs. And when we've helped our clients you know, monitor and manage that that for years it's always been a very reactive process mm-hmm. with what triptease brings it it makes it while still some of the reactive process mm-hmm. it shrinks that lag time between understanding you have an issue and addressing that issue to you know if you're on it minutes yeah so so rates are one thing you know one of the other differentiators i've seen is with some independents offering like the ones that have already launched mobile apps Mm-hmm. They're offering mobile check-in just for people that book direct. They're not offering that for... Well, that's a big one because 
if you're an OTA guest, you are technically not even a guest of that hotel. You first go through the OTA and then get to, to the hotel. So a lot of times those customers don't even have access because they don't have a confirmation number. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's one of those tools that OTA or that the hotels can offer to make it pretty compelling. Yeah. I think one thing that the OTAs really will never be able to do is control that person and that guest on property. Yeah, the experience, right? right. Which is the, the most important part yeah. of the, the funnel. And if you've ever experience. checked into a, or tried to check into a hotel and they tell you, I'm sorry, we don't have your reservation, you booked with Expedia, then you're on the phone with Expedia, you have your kids waiting in the car, mm-hmm. it's not a happy experience. Getting the hotels to show the customers that there's a better way is paramount. Yeah, I, I actually have a, a little story. I was checking into a hotel last summer and right next to me were a couple that were checking in and, and I had booked direct, they had booked through Expedia. And this particular property had multiple buildings and three of the buildings were oceanfront, but they had a couple of buildings that were not oceanfront. So they were showing up and it was a beach vacation. They were expecting to be oceanfront and they had booked through booking.com and they had picked one of the off ocean units. So they went to the front desk and they told them where the, they checked in they said okay here's directions to to get to that building and they were pissed i mean they were like i we're staying at the beach why are we not and there was not a lot the hotel could do because they had booked through a third party that hadn't made that clear to them that it wasn't you know in this case they had great customer service and found a a unit that was available that was oceanfront and were able to upgrade them but you know that they were lucky in that case Mm -hmm. but the otas don't necessarily give the full transparency in some cases like that you said something really important that the customers were upset. And at the end of the day, the OTAs are about moving person from A to B, taking the commission and moving on. Mm-hmm. For the hotelier, the customer standing in front of them is on their probably one annual beach vacation, mountain vacation, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And it's super important for a customer. So for the hotels really need to explain that to the customers while they're doing the booking process. You know, thank you, Hilton Marriott, for pushing Booking Director you know, more aggressively. But it's so important for a customer, we want to make sure that the hotels make the most of it. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that I really love, Trump aside from any po- political side, they're doing something really interesting at their Trump Las Vegas property, where if you book direct, you have a 4 p.m. checkout time. Right. Everybody else, it's 2 or 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's those defined reasons why if I book direct I'm getting more money value for my money regardless of the rate I pay right yeah and I've seen some on the flip side doing early check-in as well so early Mm check-in late checkout which is obviously valuable Mm -hmm. Um, some folks do like if they have a little arcade or game center in the hotel they might give a free uh, five dollars towards that you know so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of incremental or food and beverage they they can even do that you know you touched on something really interesting right Expedia although they own the customer in the customer's mind, they're obviously staying at the property. So if they have a negative experience, say in the case they booked an off-ocean front room, thinking they booked an ocean front room, and they go and stay and have a negative experience, there's no ramification there for Expedia. The ramification is for the property because they go on TripAdvisor and they don't review Expedia. <laughs> they're reviewing the property, right? So the property is kind of in this, this tough position where they've got to make good on someone else's promise which isn't always fair yeah so i I think we kind of agree in general that um you know it's in the hotel's best interest 
to to incentivize folks to book direct to manage their rates in such a way that that it does encourage direct bookings um, but inevitably some people are going to book via an OTA and some mm-hmm. people that that's a benefit we talked about the <coughs> mobile app and that frictionless experience um, but when we did our survey, and you can download that survey, it's the second time I've mentioned it, from fueltravel.com slash study. Um, when we did that, we noticed that it was about 13.8%, if memory serves, of people said they start their research on OTAs. And it was almost the exact same number of people said they finish, their, they actually book on the OTAs. So... That kind of suggests to me that the folks that start on OTAs are going to stay on OTAs and mm-hmm. book. The folks that don't and are more likely to book direct don't even start on OTAs. So it kind mm-hmm. of it goes against the argument which a lot of people make, which is you need to be on the OTAs in order to get exposure for people to them. Like some people look at OTAs as an advertising expense because it gets you out there and your name recognized. But our study would suggest different to that it suggests that if you're an ota booker you're going to start and finish there i use ota somewhere in the middle yeah i'll I'll research the destination sometimes look at TripAdvisor, sometimes look at google somewhere along the line maybe look at trivago or or um, kayak but i don't usually start on an expedia or hotels.com and that's why the individual hoteliers have to look at the otas as a lead gen tool. Yes, it may take a year between the time the customer first stays when they come back, but when that person's checking in, getting their email address, providing you know phenomenal customer service, and making it turning it from the Expedia customer to the individual property customer, that is really where hotels can shine. They can take that customer back from the OTAs. But it all starts at check-in. They have to make sure they get that email address because that's your only line of communication to that customer when they... Right. Their... Ideally, it would start before, right? But you have no way to contact that customer before in a lot of cases. Some are different. Like you said earlier, TripAdvisor is actually one of the few, you know, quote-unquote OTAs that gives you uh, contact information earlier. But Expedia, Booking.com, a lot of these guys, you don't necessarily know who's coming to check mm-hmm. in and you know their name, but that's it. So... What what are some things? I know you you'd written a blog post on this, I think, Pete, a while ago, which you guys can check out on fueltravel.com um, on our blog. But what are some things that say so knowing that there's gonna be a percentage of people that book through an OTA, what are some things hotels can do uh, to to reclaim those customers as their own? Right. So the very first thing that they have to do is get more information on that customer. Start building building that customer's portfolio, understanding who they are, getting that email address. Once you do that, you can communicate with them at the property, incentivize them if you have a property app to download that app and start that relationship. You know, from there, you know, they've already checked in that first time. You're going to offer them a lot of exclusive benefits like the late checkout and uh, early check-in that you mentioned, Stuart. You're going to offer that to them on the next day. But on this day, is really about getting that fish on the hook and making sure that you own that customer. From there, when they check out, you have their email address. So ask them specifically, not through Expedia, how their state was. Send them a post-day survey. 
get some information. And while you're doing it, you know, make it a little jab or two of the OTAs and let them know that, hey, did you know if you book direct, not only do we guarantee the best rate in most cases, but we can also give you the, this benefit, this benefit, and this benefit. All that leads to, you know, a customer of the individual hotels at the end. You know, the other things you can do as well is while they're searching, even if someone starts on the OTA, we know that they search multiple, they make multiple searches throughout their shopping process. So they may start on Expedia, but they're going to go to Google. They're going to go to Bing, and they're going to search that property's name. You know, it's tough, but you have to pony up the money, and you have to be in the brand PPC game. I mean, Misha, you can really speak to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have had, you know, some clients that are totally on board, some clients that are a little hesitant, and they don't see the value in that. But brand PPC is incredibly important. I mean, you might rank first organically. I hope your site is optimized and it ranks organically. But you have OTAs that are actively bidding on your brand. So your organic listings are going to be pushed down. And then if people click on the Expedia or the Booking.com listing, even if they book with you, you're still going to be paying them a commission that's way more expensive than the couple of cents that you would have paid for them to click on your PPC ad. And branded PPC tends to be highly qualified. So the chances of people booking are much higher and it's much cheaper than some of the more broad, less qualified search terms. So it's, I mean, it's it's really a no brainer in our opinion for hotels to run on their own brand. So Good. looking at, I'm sorry. So looking at the search results page, if you are a number one ranked hotel for your brand, Organically? Aren't you at, yeah, organically. Aren't you at the very top of the results? No, absolutely not. So, you know, Google's doing everything they can to monetize the um, SERP. So, You've got paid ads at the top. Often then you've got Google HPA under there, which again is the, the OTAs are bidding on those keywords. And then sometimes you've even got uh, the, the accelerated mobile pages now and, and some other stuff. So you one organically in terms of true rank now is sometimes seven, eight, or nine. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah, we've seen it's below the fold in a lot of cases, um, particularly if it's not an exact match brand name. So you're going to be below the fold organically. So you really want to be in that top visibility. And we're even seeing as far as hotel price ads is concerned, we're seeing them roll that out to, you know, it started out as, you know, X city hotels, pretty broad terms. And we're seeing them get more specific with more long tail modifiers on top of that. So people are getting more specific with their searches and HPA is continuing to roll out. And now we're even seeing that even if you are a brand name that has more than one location, so you might type in Marriott, New York City, there might be a few locations. They're going to have an HPA block there. You know, you mentioned HPA a few times and, you know, we know about it you know, internally and the savvy marketers know a lot about HPA, but let's step back for a second and just, you know, it's almost like another meta search. Tell us a little bit about HPA. So HPA rolled out, I want to say it launched in 2012, but it didn't, they didn't really start dedicating resources to it or really pushing it out till about the 2014 timeframe is when we started getting, you know, more involved with it. And that's really the, you'll see it whenever you go to Google and you search pretty much any hotel related query and it's highly personalized um, if you're logged in so they try to make it as relevant to you as they can but what you'll see is you type in um, you know hotels in some destination and they'll provide you with a list and it's usually presented in a three pack with a map and then you can click on that and it'll take you to a completely new page that does not have any 
paid ads or organic listings. It's the entire hotel price ads listing. And what hotels can do here is they can participate in a bidding system. And it's different than how the traditional AdWords works. It's very different as far as how you bid. You actually have um, different buckets that you can bid on and your bid can be based on um, how many days are searched. So if somebody's searching for a one or two day stay, you're not gonna pay as much as if somebody were staying seven days. So it's taken, at least on our end, a while for us to fully understand the functionality and you know the best way for us to utilize it for our clients. And it's definitely been a game changer. I mean, this wasn't existent until just you know maybe two years ago, it started really blowing up. And it's really throwing a wrench into not only the OTA meta search game, but PPC and organic search. Yeah, there's a lot of new players. I mean. The OTAs are playing in the HPA space. Yeah, and I think we can probably do a whole nother episode on HPA. Yeah. I don't want to get too deep into that, but um, needless to say, when you you pull up a search result for your brand, say my, my hotel name is the Hotel Metropolitan, I'm going to see probably two or three ads for OTAs. Then I'm going to see uh, probably my my local listing, which has got HPA, which is two or three ads for OTAs. And if I'm not bidding on HPA, I'm, I don't exist there really. Then it's my organic listing. Then it's a bunch more OTAs. So sounds good to have number one organic listing, but really you've got one shot out of about 20 options on that mm -hmm. one page. So to not be participating in brand PPC is ludicrous, especially when you see the return, which is, 15, 20 to one at, at, at least versus paying 15, 20% to an OTA, you mm -hmm. know? So I, th I think brand PPC is another topic we can talk about. We're kind of running short on time uh, for today's episode, but you know, what are your takeaways from, from today? Or you know, it's, it's one thing that I take away and I think a lot of the hotel marketers have found is it's not a silver bullet. There's no one thing that you can do you need to make sure that you have price parity, that you're the best. You need to make sure you're offering your guests something you know, exclusive for Booking Direct. You need to data mine the customers who are booking through an OTA. And then you need to contact your customers and make sure they know Booking Direct is the key for their next day. So there's a lot of different meta searches out there. There's TripAdvisor, HPA, and you kind of have to be in all of them if you really want to put a dent in your OTA business. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're the kind of hotel that it, it's happy with 50 to 60% of your revenue coming from an OTA where you're giving away 15, 20%, then, uh, you know, fine. But I think for most hotels, they're looking to reduce that. What are they looking to reduce it to? What's a, what's a good number? To you know, I think it depends on the type of property. I think if, if you're in a repeat destination, uh, where there's a lot of independence, realistically, it can be five to ten percent. I mean, even some of our clients are at zero percent. They don't even dabble at all. They have such brand recognition, and these are independent hotels. Their brand recognition, their repeat visitation is so high because they create such customer loyalty through great customer service um, that it can be zero. But I think if you're in a city where there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of business travel, I, I, you're going to be higher. Mm -hmm. But but I think if if you're anywhere above. If you're a non-flag property, because if you're a flag, it's very different. You're, you're going to get, if you're a Marriott, you're going to get the Marriott loyals. If you're Hilton, you're going to get the, the Hilton loyalties. But if you're an independent in a destination um, and you don't have good organic reach and you're not bidding on, you know, some broader keywords, then, you know, I, I don't know, 20, 30% would be the most that I would tolerate. Mm -hmm. But I'd try to get it below that. 
Yeah, and if, if you're a, a revenue manager listening, we're not say, saying that you need to go from 40% down to 20%. We're saying you need to go from 40% to 39%. Yeah. and Find out what you can do, 38 and just chip away at it. It's, it's, a, it's a value to have the traffic from the OTAs, but you also got to remember it's a value that you're paying 15 to 20% you know, of your, you know, nightly rate for. And it's a process too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a, a long-term process, a long-term goal. And it's also going to take, you know, educating your customers and changing their behavior, which can be difficult to do sometimes. Yeah, those customers are stubborn for sure. Um, you know, so, you know, if you want some help with any of this stuff, your offers a lot of the services we discussed today in terms of brand PPC, organic search. Um, also download our study at fueltravel.com slash study. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, we've got a lot of blogs and case studies on our website at fueltravel.com as well. I think there is actually a case study on there related to brand bidding and shows yep. the ROI on there. Um, so before we leave, guys, anything else? That's all I had. I, you know, hopefully people enjoyed the podcast and are ready for a lot more of these to come. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. What about you, Misha? My only leaving words of wisdom would be bid on your brand for, by all <laughs> means, please. And yeah, if you have any questions or any comments, you know, feel free to you know, find us on um, Skype or you know, email us, info at Fuel Travel. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, and we're going to be adding a section to this podcast in future episodes, uh, a Q&A. So ask a fuel again. So if you want to hit us up at, on Twitter at, um, at Fuel Travel and ask us questions for our podcast, then we'll be glad to um, you know, read those out on future episodes and try to do our best to answer them. But uh, from all of us here in sunny Model Beach, see you next time. Uh-huh.